In the world, there had always been two types of creatures. One lived a rich, abundant life, full of happiness and prosperity. The other lived a poor, impoverished life, full of sadness and limitation. To the former, the world seemed a beautiful, generous place, eager to pour even more good things upon them. But to the latter, the world seemed a dreadful, thieving place, intent on taking what little they had away from them. And to young Remy and Rhea, the world was just such a place. As twin bunnies who had spent their entire lives in abject poverty, Remy and Rhea knew very well that the world was divided between the haves and the have-nots. Some rabbits seemed to have everything, while others seemed to have nothing at all. And in their village, a tiny place called Rabilon, most rabbits had nothing. This was despite the fact that the world had seen fit to place the village in the midst of everything, at the bend of a long, winding creek, in the middle of an expansive forest, and not too far from a lush green hill so tall that it seemed to scrape against the sky. For most Rabylonians, each day was very much the same, and on this day, an especially hot and humid summer day, Remy and Rhea found themselves in one of two large dusty fields on the west side of the village, just east of the creek. The fields, each about six times as long as they were wide, were separated by a long dirt path which encircled the village, and those fields, filled with row after row of bushy green tops, were the source of Rabelon's entire carrot supply. Rhea stood on her hindquarters and stretched to ease her aching back as the late afternoon sun scorched the earth and burned a hole in the clear blue sky. Beside her stood an old two-wheeled and two-handled cart made of splintered wood, which was about a quarter full of various green plants. Plant, water, and pluck, she said. Plant, water, and pluck. She carelessly tossed a pawful of weeds into her cart. I'm tired of working. Although she'd been born at the same time as her brother, she was smaller than Remy. Her fur, rich brown along her back, faded to a pretty cream at her belly. Even though her field work was dirty and hot, she always managed to keep the rings around her eyes a crisp white. Me too, said Remy, as he stood up straight and wiped some sweat from his brow. Beside him stood a dirty ramshackle cart, much like his sister's. All I want to do is splash around in the creek. The fur on his back, a shade or two darker than Rhea's, was speckled with black. The speckles made him look a little dirtier than he actually was, even after he'd rinsed himself off. They also made the white streaks on either side of his muzzle stand out, which, in turn, made his already enormous eyes look even larger. Oh, look! Remy grumbled, motioning with his head toward the field to his east. It's our hero and saviour. The bunnies turned toward the sound of pained grunts that were coming from the path alongside them. The grunts were those of four very skinny bucks, or male rabbits, each on two legs, as they shouldered a palanquin, which to Remy and Rhea looked just like a big fancy chair attached to a pair of long horizontal poles on either side of its seat. 
atop the palanquin sat their hero and saviour, the mayor of Rabelon, Monty Cottonsworth III. The mayor was an enormous fellow, with chocolatey brown fur and a belly so large that its folds overflowed his haunches whenever he stood. The span of his bottom, an impressively broad bottom, was as wide as rear was long. Even the mayor's ears were enormous, like overly plump pillows that hung from either side of his head. Despite his girth, the mayor could have gotten around Rabelon without the palanquin if he had wanted to, but the truth was he didn't have to.